0: It was late one night in the castle of the chicken McNuggets. What are you making? Sauce. We're using my mummy's recipe. Mummy! Uh-oh! Uh. This better be good! It'll be great.
1: Hmm, does your daddy have a recipe?
0: <laughs> now you can get McDonald's Happy Meal Pails for Halloween! There's a pumpkin pail.
1: Boo! A witch ah!
0: and a goat. Ah! That glows in the dark. You can get a different one each week until
1: Halloween! Ooh. Ah! Evening. <laughs> Good evening. Good <laughs> evening. <laughs> and welcome to a special Halloween edition of Saturday Night Movie Sleepers. Hosted by Dion Baya and Jay
0: Blake. <laughs> <laughs> we need like the Foley
1: artist to t- be like
0: whoo <laughs> <"Hoo-hoo." laughs> Yeah. <laughs> help Hell <laughs> distant
1: owl. Yeah. That classic cartoon owl hoot. Yeah, and all the creaky
0: floorboards and stuff like that so this is we've we've hit the end of the month it's halloween night uh <laughs> it's pre-halloween it's pre- night. <laughs> pre- pre- <laughs> halloween
1: night it's a couple of nights before halloween night yeah we're, we're doing our sleepover back uh in the first year of saturday night movie sleepovers three years ago mm-hmm. uh to the day. <laughs> this is almost <laughs> like the anniversary. <laughs> almost to the day. The worst uh, accent I've ever seen. We came up with this concept, which we'll run out of at some point, but the idea would be... No, we won't. The podcast that drops, uh, which is a term I don't particularly care for, the posts... Sorry, I say that. Everybody does, and I oh. say it too, oh, oh, I, I still don't didn't... like it. <laughs> Just because I say it doesn't mean I I thought you were think. saying it to me, I don't like it, and you look at me and you're like, the one that that, that posts bef- the, 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 just before Halloween would be Halloween-themed so holiday. True. Yeah, yes. Um, yes. And so the first year we did Halloween 3. Season of the Vich. Season of the Vich. Uh, Halloween 2 the following year not the season of the bitch no just how the, later that the night, night <laughs> he was still home yes uh, last year we did the a, night they went to the hospital <laughs> last year we did a very loosely Halloween uh, inspired Dark Night and, of the Scarecrow Dark Night of the Scarecrow <laughs> They uh, that had a Halloween night there. It did have, we suspect, a Halloween night. Yeah, that, that party. <laughs> Some that kind was, of costume party was mm, happening. Man, towards... Charles Durning. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. God, I'm so glad we did that movie. Yeah, Charles Durning's the I man. I'm going to say that was one of my favorite episodes. Ever? I don't know if it is. No, okay. Oh, you're just I'm making I'm just yeah. my, a declaration. I'm just saying it is. It was one of my favorite ones to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We learned um, about Charles Durning being a World War II uh, vet
1: and all that, and ooh, then a lot of love for Charles Durning, the and postman, Fuck, and
0: so creepy that movie. Is. Yeah, he's, he's such a he's a, who knew postman could be as creepy. Everyone loves
1: the postman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, is
1: it everyone loves the mailman?
0: <laughs> so yeah, great God movie. Yeah, go yeah. listen to that one, yeah. folks. If you haven't go heard see it, yet. it. It's on
1: YouTube. For free. <laughs> also, get, if I recall, I could be wrong. I think we also get into like the history of scarecrows and movies. <laughs> we do, and we
0: forgot about the Scarecrow Romney March, which I found when we went to the thing because we were talking about we can't find any other. And there's Disney did this whole thing about scarecrows and the Scarecrow Romney March. Disney. Disney's always thwarting us fifty years ahead before. But this year,
1: yes, um, our Halloween themed episode is a, a movie that has gained quite a popular cult following. Yeah. in the last. Uh, Twenty years, twenty odd years. Yeah, and
0: we've also this that was twenty four years, I guess. We did a couple of days ago. We 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 uh, flipped the script, so to speak, and we threw a special one out there, and that was also a Halloween night one, mm-hmm. too. Uh, the Garfield Halloween special, aka Garfield Garfield's in disguise, ha- Halloween
1: and or Halloween adventure. Garfield's yeah, Halloween adventure.
0: Basically ruining and, and destroying the minds of four year olds, <laughs> like myself. Uh, you know. Yeah, we
1: decided to to throw one in. Yeah, to, uh, to, to throw to. in an extra.
0: Yeah, throw. You know, that's when you're cooking and you're like, oh, we you have that in the pantry. Let me just throw <laughs> that in there. <laughs> they a little
1: like. <laughs> <All right. laughs> That's something a little extra in there. So we got this one. Sweet.
0: This is this was a uh, this has become a cult classic. Become a cult
1: classic. Uh, also, uh, we will say it's kind of one for the ladies. Yeah, the That's ladies love it, especially for the, the ladies. ladies and the max. Uh, and of course, we're talking about 1993's three's Pockus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: <'Cause> <laughs> traditionally, we we pronounce everything so terribly. <laughs> We figured we would say Hocus Pocus. When we, it, oh, what is it? Oh, 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 one of our young interns, a female, is saying it's Hocus Pocus. So, yes. Hocus
1: Pocus. Oh, sorry. Hocus Pocus. Yeah,
0: po- Disney's Hocus Pocus po- po- from uh, 1993. And this actually, coincidentally, is the like fourth Disney movie we've
1: done this year. We've done a lot of Disney yeah. in our day.
0: What did we do? We did Beauty and the Beast. In our day. We did, um,
1: I feel like we did beauty a couple of... <laughs> and the... <laughs> it's a tale as old as time. <laughs> Beast. Song as old as rhyme. Um, uh, other Disney movies. We did Dream Warriors. Yes. Yeah, no, 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 no,
0: no. Yeah, we did, we did a lot of messed up Disney. Over the top was that Disney movie. I don't
1: know. What other Disney
0: movies did we do this year? Um, I feel like we had because I was thinking like, oh, we're doing another Disney movie. I know in the Disney past movie. we've done a lot of Disney. Yeah, I thought we had another one this year. But since we don't have our list uh, on us of, of stuff. But this relates back to some of the other ones we've done. Over the years, Disney wise. This is um, released through Buena Vista Pictures. Buena Vista. And uh, this came out July the 16th, 1993. And I remember when this came out, this
1: was a big. Do you know what other big family movie came out that exact weekend?
0: Of oh, 1993? Mm-hmm. No. Of 1993. <laughs> 1993? No, I don't know what it came out. Free Willy, I believe, came out that Oh, Michael Madsen's... Uh... <laughs> the Michael Matson vehicle. <laughs> yes, I love... Yes. Michael Matson doing a lot of that eyebrow thing. Well, you know, God Free Willy. bless Willie. Michael Madsen. Yeah. Well, such an odd... It that's makes what he was branching now. out. Yeah, he does. Like, what's his face from um, Fistful of Quarters? Tom... Uh, Tommy Mitchell, maybe? Or Stephen Mitchell. Stephen Mitchell, maybe. Uh, the kid with the long hair. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's something Mitchell. I know Joe
1: Perry also does hot sauce.
0: Joe Perry just turned 50. I keep seeing that online. You think you're old? Joe Perry just turned 50. Not Joe Perry. <laughs> that's gonna, Luke
1: Perry. I was going to say, Joe Perry's got to be older than 50. <laughs> you're
0: talking about Joe Perry, uh, guitarist Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I th- I'm thinking of Luke Perry. Yeah, you're right. Joe Perry's a little older. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's a little bit older.
0: Um, yes, this is so. This is funny. This is 1993, uh, Halloween centric. Uh, you got Salem, Massachusetts, a bunch of witches. Um, I hadn't seen this movie in about 20 years. Um, I saw it a couple times when it came out, and then when it was on video, and we'd pop it in around Halloween time at the video store and let it play in the background, and this has always been a, a fan favorite. But I, it's interesting that it has, much like these girl movies, specifically like a labyrinth or like a um don't uh, maybe like a never-ending story, or that, that, that these... Uh, or, or Princess Bride, where they 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 gather the steam, and this becomes a like an evergreen for girls growing up.
1: Yeah, you know, I, in the interest of full disclosure, this is the first time I've ever seen this movie. Yeah, and I said to you, how is this? When I was and I was putting the the VHS tape in. I was like, what do you mean
0: this is the first time you've ever seen it? And it just it's one of those that's well, slipped one the we were a
1: little too old for it.
0: Yeah, when it came out. Well, I wasn't too old. Well,
1: though. I mean, you had, also had a younger sister.
0: Mm. Um, Fair point. And I was, a ch- I was still playing with toys at the time. I mean, I
1: might have still been playing for, with
0: toys, but... Uh, but you know what? I was into... Um, I mean, uh, I was, was
1: like... Let's see. I was like 15 when this if, came
0: out. Hey, look. If we're talking full disclosure... <laughs> Then the reason, the reason why I came to look at this was because uh, of a little um, actress named Sarah Jessica Parker. And as soon as I saw her on the screen, I said, I'm seeing that movie. And I think there's some sort of subtle eroticism in this movie that I don't want to really get too far into because people are going to call me perverted. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be called a pre-verter. preverted.
1: Yeah. You're
0: pervert. I'm a prevert. But um, Sarah Jessica Parker is doing some things here that uh, that is... Um, very very meta, <laughs> meta. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she knows what she's doing in the background, and I, you know, and I want to try to. Th- th- those are my questions to ask her when she, when I ever meet her about this film, particularly. But when I saw it, you know, I was always, a, you know, we've talked about this at nauseum. That I'm a big Disney fan, and this yeah. is, I don't, this isn't the first movie I think of when I think of Hocus Pocus. I don't think of Disney's Hocus Pocus. Yeah. yeah. But it certainly does carry tr- the tradition, as we'll talk about, that this movie was um, directed by. Kenny Ortega, who was the choreographer for Dirty Dancing that we did earlier this year. he's making
1: another appearance this year. Yeah, he's he's coming
0: back on the show. Good old Kenny Ortega. Uh, Good old Kenny Ortega. Um, And this was pitched originally as a Disney uh, TV movie to be on the Disney Channel, which is very much within our wheelhouse because we did... um, Have we done any Disney uh, TV movies? We've talked about doing Disney TV movies, but we've, we've... We've talked
1: about how, like... The eighty last navigator or flight, the, uh, of, the flight navigator. of the navigator was uh,
0: found. You just it, did found a mashup
1: for... of last starfighter and... <laughs> <laughs> the last navigator yeah. fighter. Uh, the, the, uh, but how like flight that found an audience due to being a Disney Sunday night? Yeah, airing the theatrical release
0: and it comes on ABC on Sunday nights. And yeah, Disney yeah. had such a.
1: So we talked about like the heavy distance. presence Sunday nights. I can't know remember. We've talked a lot about it. Yeah. I don't know if we've.
0: In our, in, uh, and, you know, you know me. Um, I have a big affinity for, I guess, the generation before, which I guess would be me, was, like, the black hole. Scary Disney was always big for me. Yeah. And, again, it's funny. Like I said, I haven't seen this movie in 20 years. Watching this, there's a lot of stuff in here they're doing to just fuck with kids' minds. And it seems there's a lot of subtlety in here. Like, Disney, again, is tipping its toe back into, like, um, yeah. messing with children with a lot yeah, of the... Yeah, well, it's interesting you know,
1: because... You know, when we did the gate a few weeks ago as our first not a Disney movie entry <laughs> into uh, October's uh,
0: month of horror. October, <laughs> October horror month <laughs> extravaganza, uh, and I just found it
1: so weird. When we did that movie, to think of, that they were all talking about how, like, they were doing a, a horror movie for kids. It was generally like they wanted to do a horror movie for children. Yeah. They wanted to scare the fuck out of kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, the original kind of conception of Hocus, P- of Hocus Pocus yeah. was, Hocus. <laughs> <laughs> was David Kirshner, um, who kind of got his start in... I think, in the business, mostly in animation and stuff. He was the one that brought us uh, An American Tale. He wrote An American Tale.
0: Which is, is that Amblin? Is that also related to... Well, that, to, was, that um, was Spielberg. Yeah, Spielberg. For was, sure. Because uh, we talked about that. Spielberg wanted to do, maybe in our Batman the Animated Series cast, but Spielberg was doing stuff with Disney, and then he was interested in animation, but then he went the other way and, Grabbed the Amblin And then went with Warner Brothers To yeah. compete Yeah uh,
1: So he did American, uh, An American Tale Tale movies. as old as time Not related <laughs> For uh, uh, And then he Got a deal with Hanna-Barbera And he did uh, Saturday morning Cartoon shows Such as Rattle and Roll uh, Wake Rattle and Roll Gravedale High And of course The Pirates of Darkwater Yeah uh, he was an executive producer and creator of those this shows. This is Kirshner. Kirschner, yeah. Yeah, David Kirshner, yeah. Uh, also, in the 80s, he had... Uh, I'm assuming it's the 80s. I'm blur- trying to blank because the release dates. But he was also kind of like the main force behind getting the Child's Play movies, the Chucky movies. He's the producer of the Chucky movies. And that
0: first one drops to 87?
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So um, I couldn't find... There's some some accounts that call him like... Like, it was kind of his brainchild, Chucky. Um, but I couldn't find any verification of that, as we've now said. Especially, specifically this year, we've pointed out that, like, there's contradictory information online. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you have to take some of it for a grain of salt. We, I, we do our best with the time we have to try to verify things. Um, we pay a lot of interns. But just at the very least, he's, produced, he's the producer of the Chucky movies.
0: Yeah. Um, but his story with this isn't that he was hanging out with his kid in the backyard, his daughter, and you know, like a neighbor's cat walked out, a black cat walked by, and he thought of an on the spot of an idea of yeah. um, you know that it that he invents a tale that like the a boy is stuck inside the cat, and that's like the catalyst. And you think about they say this. This property was kicking around since the '80s.
1: Yeah, well, that's where I'm getting is that he then meets with Mick Garris.
0: So he has he comes up with that idea with the child, and you know he he says the thing, oh, it's it's actually a boy stuck in it's a spell, and he's like, oh, that's a good idea. I can you know maybe think. so we'd assume that's early '80s.
1: Yeah, because basically he he meets up with Mick Garris, who, who ten
0: years before this even comes out, who
1: Mick Garris is now known as like a, a horror director. Um, he was the one that did a lot of the. 90s Stephen King adaptations for TV. Okay, like
0: Langry Leers and The he, Stage. He did
1: The Stand, and he did The *The Shining with the Stephen Webber Shining. Yeah. Uh, he also directed um, Sleepwalkers. Okay. Uh, which, so wasn't a, which wasn't a TV movie. Yeah. but um, And then he was the one that created the show Masters of Horror. Okay. Uh, he was like Showtime yeah, show? Yeah. He was like the executive producer. He's the one that created that show. Uh, early... Air- Early on in his career, I feel like he was like a film journalist or something uh, because you can find on the Videodrome, Criterion Videodrome uh, edition, the Criterion edition, and also probably on YouTube at this point. There's a fantastic episode of some show that I don't know if it was an officially a show or if it was on some kind of cable channel or whatever, but it's uh, Mick Garris Interviews. It's like 1982. So Mick Garris Interviews. Uh, John Carpenter, who had The Thing coming out, David Cronenberg, who has Videodrome coming out, and John Landis, who had just finished uh, America Werewolf for London. Yeah, And it's like a half-hour panel discussion with them. And he's like the moderator of that discussion. And so he's he interviewed a lot of people back in the day. He was also like the uh, journalist or whatever on set for The Thing. Uh, I guess maybe he was working for Universal at the time. Sounds
0: like a very, like a, what's it say, Truffaut, you know? Yeah,
1: he seemed like he was doing a lot of interviewing and covering movies and stuff. And then I want to say his big break, not to say that it's the first thing that he ever wrote for film or television, but his big break came from being hired to write episodes of Amazing Stories. Okay, which is a Spielberg. Which is the Spielberg Spielberg produced show. They're just rebooting now. Uh, So they meet. So cuz they both have like a Spielberg connection, The American Tale and Amazing Stories and Kirshner and Garrys. Yeah. And Kirshner pitches Garris this uh McGarris this movie idea. And so McGarris writes this idea which like you like Dion stated was originally thought to be like a Disney uh TV movie. Yeah. So he writes the first draft of the script is called the uh I believe it's the Halloween Tree. Uh-huh. Halloween House, Gary originally wanted. He wrote the first draft of the script based on the story by David Kirschner, and it was really it was originally going to be like Walt Disney's Halloween House. And when McGarris talks, which is why I brought up the gate, uh, is that the original script apparently is much scarier. Yeah, I heard. He it's said a lot there's darker. there was comedy, but w- what ended up being uh, made the movie, uh, the Hocus Pocus movie in nineteen ninety three ended up being much broader with comedy. So Mick Harris writes something that uh it's a little bit scarier. The kids are a little bit younger in his script. He's thinking about twelve. Like Max and uh Allison's characters would have been twelve ish as opposed to it's like sixteen. Yeah. And it was the intention was to make it a little bit scarier. So now it I guess Disney Decides not to make it, or just kicks around in development, or whatever happens with movies in limbo for like eight years or so, and it fall, and it passes through the hands of like a dozen more writers during that time. Yeah, and gets fine tuned and changed until finally, by the early '90s, somehow Bette Midler gets wind of it. I Maybe mean, there's well, pitch to her. I think
0: so. F- somehow. Disney or the Disney execs find it, and then they realize, oh, this could be something bigger than just like a TV Disney yeah. movie. And then at the time, um, Bette Midler was just doing something with them. She was doing; uh, she had a deal with Touchstone Pictures, and she was she just done down and out in Beverly Hills. She'd worked on Oliver and Company. She was the voice of one of the dogs in that movie, the, live, the animation movie in like 86 or 87, that film. The Billy
1: Joel vehicle? Exactly.
0: <laughs> the Billy Joel vehicle and the Cheech Marin vehicle because he's in that too. And I think Ed Asner's in that as well as the bad guy, uh, which is, a, you know, it's a twist of uh, Oliver Twist. Um, and I remember in the early 90s, she was doing a lot of stuff with Disney because I remember going down to the MGM Studios and they had like a, like one of those behind the scenes rides where you can like walk through and see how a commercial's done. Yeah. And the commercial they had was her, like she did like a lotto commercial of yeah. her in New York City trying to like go after a lotto ticket that blows away. So you, you you file through and there was like a one where you get into the scene where she like loses the lotto ticket and she has to jump down to the subway and the subway car comes so you get to, you get to walk by the set of the actual subway car and see oh it's not a real subway car it's actually fake and you know yeah. so Bullshit. she was doing a lo- yeah so she was doing a lot of stuff I guess with Disney at the time so they must have been just like and that was also going back to maybe we said Beauty Beauty and the Beast where they were when they gutted the animation building. They uh-huh. were they were making they wanted to give offices to like Robin Williams, Ben Midler, people who were working the live because they were trying to branch out and do a lot more live action, uh, top tier theatrically released stuff. Yeah, uh, to try to push the brand uh, since the Disney animation was coming back into the heyday. So they probably were just looking. Maybe they were combing through stuff that would be a vehicle for people, and they said, you know. That's probably what they had the readers like. Uh, we're looking for something for Robin Williams. We're looking for something for like a Danny DeVito. We're looking for something for Bette Midler, and they probably f- came across this and said, "Hey, three freaking witches! This will be great." You know, we can have Bette Midler do this, and she, I guess, seemed very interested at the time.
1: Yeah, and so apparently, and the way it works usually with the Writers Guild and stuff, just because McCarris wrote the first draft of the script didn't necessarily mean that his name would be on it. But apparently, they kept enough. Just hilarious of it's the his scenes, like the two of them. Uh, but enough of them, enough of his original script was preserved that he ends up getting co-writing credit, um, st- I think maybe story credit with Kirshner. And he also ends up getting executive producer credit. Uh, so it ends up, he, like you said, almost for a decade kind of being in the development limbo. Yeah, until like Walt Disney Studios for some to reason Walt comes himself. Across. Yeah, Walt comes back from the grave <laughs> and says, "You know what I like to, to do? Yeah, I want to
0: I want you to do stuff about witches."
1: So they decide Disney decides that, like, "You know what? We could make this a theatrical feature instead of a TV movie." Yeah. And they uh, Which is interesting because uh not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but it didn't do so well theatrically, but it found its audience on home video, on Disney Channel and yeah, ABC Family abc at home video yeah
0: it got mixed reviews or whatever and i remember you know when it came out i remember it certainly being there and it was a popular movie and it was a halloween movie although they released it like (laughs) in the uh, halloween (laughs) but they released it in the summertime which is a little i always think that's weird like you know them to release it's a wonderful life in the summer when it's a christmas movie or you know a christmas movie so you know you release a halloween movie like in the spring you know it's like it's why don't you just wait you know jolly good point but uh, they didn't, so yeah, and it, 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 it comes out to like, I don't know, like mixed reviews. I th- I remember people our age and younger loving it, you know, so I think that's how it found its audience, and then it adheres itself to like a whole generation of, especially girls. I mean, I was, it's so funny to think, I was reading online and looking through stuff about it, and you have like young writers writing now, they said they remember seeing it when they were like five or six, or the same age as, what's her face, um, Thorpe. Birch yeah Thora Birch who you know we see like topless like a couple of years later in American <laughs> Beauty you know which I didn't even make the delineation because it's like oh she's such a good actress and I was trying to think of like what else have I seen her in at that age and it was I'm a huge fan of um Harrison Ford Patriot Games and she's the daughter in I think Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger when he plays Jack Ryan in those two movies huh. and I was like oh that's how I know her from because I thought it was Hook or something but uh so you have like these young people who are like her age when they saw the movie and then now are professionals. They're like, oh, I like to sit here and drink my wine and watch it." I'm like, wow, you're able to. But it's just because we have no grasp of the concept <laughs> of time or age-wise. Yeah. So it's...
1: it's, it's you know, th- doing this show, doing Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers, it's, it's an interesting endeavor. Because often we do, more times than not, you and I do a movie that one of us, at least one of us, if not both of us, have a certain amount of nostalgia for, um, or pr- passion for. But every once in a while, we'll be like, well, think something's a great idea. We'll be like, hey, let's do Hocus Pocus. Yeah, yeah. And then you watch a movie like Hocus Pocus, and uh, in, tra- in Saturday Night Movie Sleepover tradition, we're not going to trash Hocus Pocus. But I will say that not having ever seen it before, not growing up with it, not having nostalgia for it, this is not my favorite movie we've ever done
0: so it, it's <laughs> but it's so cuz you're so far removed from it
1: but it's inter- yeah it's like it's not some, you know it it's an, it brings up an interesting it brings up an interesting point of view uh like a like a phenomenon really uh and you know we probably you know we talked about it in our Garfield podcast a little bit um uh, because i stated Back when we did Santa Claus last year for Christmas.
0: Oh, okay. I'm thinking of the Santa, the Disney's Santa no. Claus with the Santa e Claus the, the movie. Is yes. that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Um, it's like the Tim Allen movie we did that. That. But you mean uh, the Dudley Moore? The Dudley Moore movie. Yeah. That like I was never. I don't have a whole lot of nostalgia for like holiday. Yeah. Specials. Holiday movies. Or this guy, two thumbs. <laughs> Dion does. <laughs> you know, you know who loves holiday specials and has two thumbs. This guy right here, <laughs> baby. <laughs> who we'll loves you, baby? This guy. Uh, so it's just never something yeah, like yeah. I would watch them sometimes. When you they know, were but on. I, and I
0: forget with this movie, this came out, and then I forget that, uh, which I guess we can include as an extra in the cat in the posting that this there was we grew up especially with that Discovery Channel show, at Movie Magic. Yeah. And this was heavily part of that movie Magic Show. They had a whole one or two episodes devoted to it. It was in the credits at the beginning at the end. And it is a lot of the it's that era where you have CGI is there, but they're still using very much practicals and then they're doing what they can to blend it with the CGI, but it's not completely like nowadays I think if they did this, you know, them on Brooms would be all CGI. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. they may even just rotoscope the face out of CGI, but like. Certainly, green screen. Yeah. and th- But this has the amazing production value where they bring in um, what's his face? The Well, before we get yeah, into okay, that, yeah, let yeah. me finish my yeah, point. Yeah, finish my, your point.
1: My, my, my point of view, which is uh, so it's interesting to look back at these movies that are now like beloved uh, as an adult seeing them for the first time and not having any nostalgia for them. And you really start to realize like how much certain things play into what we love, you know? Um, nostalgia being a big thing. There are things that we loved as a kid that we will love forever that people who don't know had never seen it before, try to watch it now as an adult and be like, I don't get it. Like, I don't see what you like. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, we discovered it at the right age at the right time. Um, it, so there's, that plays into it because I mean, like, look from, from, the, the Hocus Pocus is, is you know, it's it's what it is, but it's I find it fascinating as kind of a phenomenon to know that this movie's so fucking popular and to think about like, well, like, why, you know, it comes to it comes down to, like I said, nostalgia. But then there's also like this psychological, like scientific phenomenon that they've studied, which is kind of the, uh you know, you take pop music, for instance like the popularity of pop music and what makes you know art and stuff why we like certain things and pop music uh, revolves heavily around repetition within the song we hear like the hook of the song or the chorus of the song multiple times and then pop music in general the idea is that we hear repetition of that song being played all the time if you're in the restaurant you know you're walking through the grocery store back in the day when people listened to radio. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you would listen to the pop channels, you'd hear a song so many times. And there's this phenomenon that people the more times you experience something like art, like uh, a movie or or a song, the more times you hear that song, the the more you're going to like it. Yeah. Over time you will develop a, you'll like it. It'll get stuck in your head. It's one of those earworm things. And so what happens with the holiday specials specifically? Is that, uh, or a holiday-themed movie like this one? Is that it becomes a staple for the season. So every year, it's either on television or people watch it. So over now since 1993, you know, 20 plus years ago, you know, it's been it's become a Halloween staple. And over that time, because people have watched it so many times, they develop. An affinity for it. Yeah, and I, I find it to be really interesting because clearly there are things that I love and have nostalgia for uh, now that are from my youth. That even I'm sure there are th- even people from our youth probably. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even that have like an affinity for it. So I just find it to be like a really interesting thing because like a no, um you know, measure of you know cinematic experience or love or sp- cinematic knowledge is this one. Is is hocus pocus like knocking it out of the park, and you could argue that for many of the movies that we do on this show, but being a movie that is is like a, a is a kids movie, yeah, and not having seen it, and not having seen it as a kid, there's no way that I can experience it as much as I try to put on like the 1993 or nine or seven year old glasses when yeah. we, when we try to re-experience these movies, there's just no way that I could experience this movie uh, in the way that the people had that have such a huge affinity for it do. Um, I think
0: it also has a lot of the elements aside from the repetition of it playing. It has a lot of elements that, you know, particularly girls of the era growing up, it, it Oh, you know, well, yeah. It's it right around the corner you have craft. I mean, you witchcraft know, well,
1: <laughs> is, is, was
0: a thing yeah, in I mean, the 90s. And for for Disney, Disney does a lot of sorcery stuff, does
1: a lot of witch it's themes, probably the same girls, you know, the that one, go on the, to the, like the like craft. You know, the ones that saw yeah. this when they were kids then saw the craft when they were teens. But even for me,
0: what draws me to a good Disney movie, and particularly the animated ones, is, you know, uh, the recognition recognition uh, or the identifying with the villain, you know, and you know, you may not want to be that villain, but you end up liking the villain. Like I always used to love in the Disney cartoons, the movies, particularly like Little Mermaid and Lion King, Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast is like I like or even freaking uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. I like the villain song.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah. And that's
0: why I didn't like Milan that much because they didn't really have a villain song. I like when they flesh the villain out and the villain has you f- yeah. realize what the villain's path of So and this and, is a thing and, here And for
1: listeners that aren't as familiar with our back catalog and the other Disney movies we've done, um it's it, Dion was a Disney kid. And I wasn't a Disney kid. Yeah, <laughs> so, there was a. But so, I'm
0: not a Disney kid that's wearing the glasses. I mean, I just, I guess I watched, you know, I watched Disney. No,
1: or, I mean, look. You know. There's nothing. Don't do that off. Yeah, but pedal. there's people. <laughs> no, but there's people who are. There are really huge know,
0: Disney. I mean, I liked, I figure I was. Fanatics. Fair yeah. to moderate, you
1: know. Yeah.
0: You know, and I certainly growing up with the Disney live action stuff. I mean, I had a, a healthy uh, appetite for, like I said, the black hole and all those live actions, 60s, 70s, Mary Poppins and all that kind of thing. And this movie here, it's like, the, it has a, a compelling story of these three witches that I think people, you know, and they were, their big name, Met, Bette Midler was huge at the time for sure. singing and and also for well, acting. Yeah, she was a big star. Uh, Sam Magist- Sarah Jessica Parker was blossoming and she's been in other stuff. I mean, she's been on our, she was in Flat of the Navigator. Yeah. Uh, girls of our age know her from like, girls just want to have fun. This is right before she gets Sex in the City by about three or four years. She's in at the same time here. What is that movie? Um, which I like a lot. Uh, the, what's the striking distance? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, she, so she's kind of a well-known figure. And, and it's like you kind of
1: have that idea of... And the other sister, uh, Yeah, Kathy, she's... Uh, Jimmy. Yeah. She was coming off of a sister act. Yeah. Which it, oddly it, enough was written for Bette Midler. And she didn't want it. But she did, She turned it down or couldn't do it and then they got Whoopi Goldberg.
0: And know? they offered Rosie O'Donnell the, the, her role in this movie, not Bette Midler's but the other girls. Yeah. Um, Kathy's and she, and Rosie O'Donnell, Rosie O'Donnell said no because she didn't want to play a witch a, uh, next to, to uh, a Bette Midler. But I find that for me, I like the movie and I do think like some Disney live action movies, I don't want to say all because I, I do like to defend Disney movies, but I think it has its inherent problems, but I think it's because of the era, it, you know, and it being a kids movie, and also it, like I said at the top of this cast, there's a lot of weird things they're adding in because it, it like you said, it is a child's movie, but it isn't. This is the first Disney movie that says the word virgin. Not only do they say it, it's a, it's a, it's a plot point. It's a plot point. <laughs> they're talking about what these he says. He says yams maybe. There's the, what's her face is saying that like I he, it's not yams, but something, it's something weird, you know. Like but they're some, talking about breasts. Um, she, she, one of them's talking about uh, wanting children to to, to to want to eat little children but I thought it was something else about something sexually oh it was the guy when they picked the bus driver up and the bus drivers did like we want children he's like oh well, I can give you as much as I can you know it's like so there's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of stuff they're throwing at the adults hence what I was saying about my my hugely um, uh, sexually attracted to Sarah Jessica Park in this movie we're, we're at a 13, 14 year old, where I'm like, holy crap, you know, because she's yeah. hot as balls, in my personal opinion, in this movie. And, you know, I, it's all that subtlety she's doing in the background that's just like, you know, it, it adds to that siren esqueness of being a witch. But um, to get back on topic here, what, they, what they're also doing too is they're, I found there's a weird dichotomy with the three of them that is very much the Three Stooges. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, like, they have that kind of slapstick, kind of. And it's fun. It's pretty
1: broad. You know? I mean, intentionally broad. Yeah,
0: where, like, you have. But, I mean, you bet Midler's playing, like, the Mo. Yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker's Larry. And then Kathy is, is like, she's even doing, like, kind of curly-esque. Yeah. You know, like, she's even doing, like, little face movements and stuff. You know, or reactions. And this it would be hilarious in another era to have. I mean, you couldn't have them playing women. I guess you could because they've dressed up in women. But, it'd be funny <laughs> to have the three. but it's very much like it's almost like a Three Stooges kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. You know? and, it's, and you're getting into that aspect of a coming to age. I mean, the, the, the other uh, kid who's in this, uh, I was trying to remember what I saw him from. And he's from Erie, Indiana, which was big when we were growing up. Yeah,
1: he's from Erie, Indiana. Indiana. And oddly enough, what I remember him from, because my mom watched it every Friday night, was he played uh, Larry Hagman's son on Dallas. Oh okay. In like the late 80s and early 90s so he was like JR oh, Ewing the 3rd. That was like Welcome Back JR Was, J. J. was whatever
0: the name of that show was. Yeah, The Return of JR. It had some weird
1: no, it was just Dallas. Oh, I thought it was, I thought it was a... Welcome t- back. You know? yeah, no, no. But I thought it was. I thought it had a... With, with the J.R.
0: I thought it had like a, like, he, you know, he comes back or something in the well, title. Well,
1: there was the whole thing where it got shot, but... was no, 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 not,
0: not even shot, but I thought it was... It,
1: I thought the title was like the return of J.R. or no. something in the hook, you know. But he was just on Dallas. He yeah. was John Ross, uh, Larry Hagman's son on, on Dallas, because my mom watched it every Friday night and I was... A kid, yeah. you know, it was before you start hanging out with your friends on a Friday night,
0: and, and this is the era of for people who don't. don't but he was even, also in, I think he's
1: also in matinee, the Joe Dante movie.
0: He is, yeah, with the John Goodman movie, which is, I think, loosely based on maybe William Castle, who I have a yeah. big affinity for. Um, but I, I also, this is the era for people who don't know who um, Gary Indiana or Erie, Indiana is. That was a show that was like geared towards kids around this age that was about kind of like, it was like almost like a young person's version of like the Friday 13th, the series, or it was just, it was, or it was just kind of like a movie monster. It was like a show about the supernatural and ghosts and stuff for like a kid, you know, and that's at the same time you have on Nickelodeon, Are You Afraid of the Dark is coming out now. So you have a lot of this I was going to
1: say there was also just tonal wise, there's a certain tone to, shows for that age demographic at that time. But yeah. like, to me it's very tonally wise. I mean aside my, from the
0: outfits in the my rem,
1: in my rem, in the way I remember it anyway. Like it feels you know not as um with the comedy not as kind of like uh odd as Pete and Pete but just like the way that show felt. Yeah. There's just like a certain texture to it. And that's a show that was, I think P&P
0: is completely ahead of its time. So like yeah, what yeah. were they, who was the audience they were but trying the, to go Those for.
1: shows all had, the, the shows at that pot time period based toor, uh, geared towards the children of our generation yeah. and younger um, just had a certain feel to them. and like that, a and, certain and, undescribable. And
0: it's weird because without them, you probably wouldn't have what you have today on Nickelodeon Disney, which is kind of weird because... You have shows now that are kind of setting kids up for like handing them off to like MTV. Like Disney, uh, Viacom, Viacom owns MTV and also owns uh, Nickelodeon. Viacom. Yeah, and it seems like they're kind of like... They're gearing like there's more like shows that like kind of like pseudo reality shows with kids being rich, like an iCarly or she has has an internet show, or yeah, yeah. you know. And then it's like as soon as the kid's ready, you know, he's gonna leave Disney, like aka Hannah Montana, and he's gonna she's gonna go or he's gonna go and become watching the shows that you watch like as a teen on MTV, yeah, yeah. So it's odd. So maybe you wouldn't have those shows without these shows in the 90s, like a um not Harry the Spy, but like a Pete and Pete, like the f- shows that are kind of like weird, yeah. you know, uh, that land. Um, and this, you know, it's got a lot of dark elements in it, like uh, a movie that came out a couple years ago that I have a huge affinity for, The Witch, or Witch, the horror movie about yeah. The Witch. The Witch. Uh, yeah, I, I find like a lot of similarities, I mean, because that's, it's based on the, this, that's a straight version of this movie. <laughs> but that it's there's a, <laughs> I,
1: don't
0: know, I don't know about that well but. it is i mean in the sense of they're basically it's witches a woman living in the woods who takes you know eat, mm-hmm. in, in, eating kids saving their souls and killing families and that's basically what the three of the these girls are doing yeah
1: not that just like a fairy tale
0: well it's it, this has an opening of a very hansel and gretel kind of a yeah. thing where they lure the kid but the and whole
1: also like their obsession with beauty yeah. It's very like, that mirror, I, mirror, who's the fairest? But I thought that was a
0: trope. See, I don't know my lore, but I thought that was a trope with a witch that they were taking, I, if maybe it wasn't in this movie, the MacGuffin is the children's, the kid's soul. But I thought they
1: were trying to do something to, 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 I mean, to blend in. It's actually in. like, it's, it's, it's more like... Uh... Toby Hooper's movie Life Force. Yeah, but they're sucking <laughs> Sucking the life force. Like yeah, and then but, it, but
0: and then what they get out of it is they they you know because they don't always look like Margaret Hamilton from Wicked from Wizard of Oz. They they sometimes the witch or whatever will hide them or the warlock or whatever it is will hide themselves in plain view and then you don't realize. So if they've been alive for hundreds of years, the plot in this is that they're taking the kid's soul to be younger to get their powers to rejuvenate whatever the life force is. Hence mm-hmm. Toby Hooper's movie. So that's how I make the similarity with the other movie, which I mean, I, we don't ever know what the witch's, um, motivation in that movie is aside from just doing evil to kids and eating babies and whatever the hell, but it's the same. Yeah. Yeah. I get, you, you know, too. it's, we're in new England. We're in the same time period of Salem or Massachusetts or wherever. Uh, we're having the same issues, which is all very historical. And, uh, you know, and that hy- was th-
1: and hysterical and hysterical
0: <laughs> and you have a lot of that fear at the time that this was all that people really were worried that this was happening and, and it's funny that well it's not funny it's tragic that it was almost much like when we talked about them the McCarthyism of the 50s where yeah, you yeah. have their well I
1: mean then there was like
0: you the know. witch trials where you yeah. had like, you like had like crucibles, right? Yeah. Kind of as, a, you know, it was like
1: them was kind of a allegory or whatever metaphor.
0: You know, you have that at the time there was, I think uh, the story is a story where there's like a couple sisters that were like, you know, seven or eight years old. They started pointing fingers at like, oh, our maid's a witch or she told us to talk to cats or whatever. And then because of what these, the hearsay of these children they killed like a half a dozen people in the village. You know, it was one of yeah, those yeah. things. Well, you know, we'll drown them. If they drown, they weren't witches. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> well, you know, if they burn, then they're not witches. And like, oh, well, they weren't a witch. So their soul's soul saved. So it was like we can make, you know, parody Disney movies about it at the time. But it's a, it's a really fucked up subject. But here it's 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 got all the fun things you see in a Disney movie. But then, again, Disney's toting that line with, like, the sexual aspects of it uh the eroticism you know uh you know the, the kids you get a lot of breasts in the movie like you know pushed up in in, in, in push up bras like remember the mother when they go to the party the mother's dressed yeah. up as madonna yeah, from yeah. from the um what tour is that maybe the uh dead, 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 express yourself tour maybe uh, around the 1990, the Dick Tracy thing she did, Vogue, maybe it's Vogue, and yeah. so she's got so she's that. She's the yeah in so, the dance. Or so whatever. she's got like, she's like, can't you sing? She's like pointing at her breasts in it, and it's, so it's like, it's so funny that Disney, it's like 15 years ago, prior to that, Disney in the 70s doing Watcher in the Woods, or uh, Wicked, yeah. something this well, way, Black also, Hole. Th- you know,
1: it's, I see, I get your point, um, but it's, for lack of a better word it's provocative in a timely way yeah like 1993 it's provocative it's parodying the that Madonna was provocative yeah yeah and that you know Madonna was in Dick Tracy which was a kids movie and and but it was, was sexu- Disney. it was and, and was
0: sexual it was it, it was uh, Buena Vista yeah. at the same time because the, but they were th- they were worried because of the topic and maybe even um madonna herself that they took disney's dick tracy off and they just had to be a, a a buena vista thing but you have a lot of the the uh the effects team that worked on um dick tracy works on this that does a lot of the the, the matte painting so you yeah, have a yeah. lot of the crossover the wire guy here who um his name is terry uh Frisee. his father logan Frizzy uh, was a huge in the industry doing wire work and stuff like he worked on forbidden planet and all that kind of stuff. And this guy, Terry Fizzi, had done stuff like, uh, he did point break. He did star Trek six, all kinds of, anytime you see like wire work, he was the wire guy at the time. Yeah. So, you know, bringing all that practicalness of it with the, um, the, the rod puppetry that you have here. And then the, the guy, Doug Jones, who the actor who plays the zombie in this movie, he goes on to do like all the, uh, Uh, hellboy and pan's labyrinth you know yeah so you have a lot of uh and then you have another example of a zombie you know that we we had um i feel like we had like the zombie from the gate yeah yeah. we've been doing a lot of like zombies that are not zombies (laughs) yeah you know this is another example of a zombie you know and so it's weird that it's a kid's movie but then they're doing stuff for adults
1: they're doing a little adult jokes there's clearly stuff you don't think that's I think that's just the product of the time. Yeah. Um, And, like, I also want to get clear that, I want to be clear that, you know, just because I don't have nostalgia for this movie, um, I get, like, I get it. Like, I get, like, what the appeal is. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's, you know, it's fun. It's whimsical. Uh, For me, as an adult, a lot of the comedy doesn't always hit. But I get that, like for child for children, Actually, it uh, does emp- empowerment of girls. You know, um, you know,
0: on I, both uh, sides. Yeah, it's always a traditional <laughs> so, thing for like a like you know, let's a little girl dress her up as a witch for Halloween. So it's like it's 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 something they're familiar with. But it's also oh you know to to have the empowerment and be the the bad girl or whatever. You know, yeah, that's yeah. kind of like almost you know that's uh, that's fun to be. And it's you also know,
1: kind of interesting that. Um, Uh, Kathy to Jimmy, who plays uh, Mary Sanderson, the sister, not the Sarah Jessica Parker, not the Bette Midler, she almost didn't take the part because she was afraid of offending actual witches, like Wiccan, people that that have, like, that's their belief system. She's like, you know, it's like the stereotype of the old hags in the woods, and I don't know if I want to, you know, perpetuate that stereotype. And I guess ultimately, you know, whether it was the paycheck or just the disney or whatever she decided to do it um but uh yeah that's the other thing to put in perspective is that all this stuff about witches because you know you're talking about the historical context of witchcraft and and in history and the worry about uh being in league with satan and how people died innocently the, which is another thing we the, talked about i on mean that's the, S- the, the occult <laughs> yeah but it's also like look there's a Term in the lexicon of, you know, culture of, like, a witch hunt. Yeah. And, that's, and it comes from something. It comes from, like, an actual, like, kind of really mm-hmm. disturbing time of, of uh, <clears throat> not just American history but world history. Yeah. Um, of people dying. Yeah, the Inquisition
0: overseas and with the religion and stuff like that.
1: And so it's, it's, I think it's, it, you know, it's kind of, you know, we've kind of marginalized it. Uh, through pop culture and kids, but there still is like a a, a very like naturalistic belief system of, of like Wiccan people and paganism and all this. all this. There's people that practice this stuff, but yet, uh, and I wonder how many of them are literally offended by stuff like
0: this. I don't know because it's it. it then it gets down into the line of within that because
1: in a way it's like. You know, having like the spoofing, you know, black people. You know, like NASA. <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah, know, yeah, yeah like and, and which, a, and all the stuff, like a that, racist stereotype, and all the stuff that's been erased from, uh, you know, like the Looney Tunes cartoons, and and all the stuff that's being erased from the history of entertainment because it kind of shows uh, a, a horrible stereotype of either Asian people or black people. This, I mean, it's to a certain extent, like, this kind of programming is doing that for a certain belief system. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not to the extreme of, I mean, I guess... It's just that Wiccans are such a small... Yeah. Such a minority. <laughs> yeah, they were already <laughs> exercised they, in, they in they the could, 1600s. There's they nothing they killed, could really do, you know? uh, like Brunhilda and <laughs> stuff, you know, it's... Uh, uh, I just wonder well, if like if it is like an issue. I'm sure there's gotta be some, there's gotta be some sublet of, of wick of Wiccan practitioners that are you know, like the pissed uh, association off. Association given it, of, a bad name. <laughs> yeah. you know?
0: Well within that though, you have the good witches and you have the bad witches and the, it good was, witch you know, and the bad witch. And it's you know, at what point of that are they doing in in this in this in the subculture of this is, is that you have the bad witches doing this kind of Satanistic, you know, yeah. it was a big thing, you know, like we talk about in the middle of the 20th century. Well, we talked. A li- we
1: also talked, uh, not you and I, but um, James Hancock and I on our our episode about the three mothers. Yeah, Dario Argento's three mothers. We talk a little bit about Dario Argento, the Italian horror director. He did Suspiria, um, which is the most famous of the, that trilogy. Um, Inferno, and then Mother of Tears. That's about witches and uh, witches. And I talk a bit about. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Wrong, a, wish wrong, wrong movie, wrong word. Yes, yeah, wishes. <laughs> <laughs> wishes. Sorry. Uh, best wishes. Um, but we talk about how that the inspiration for that trilogy uh, came from Dar- Daria Nicolodi, um, Daria Gento's romantic partner at the time, that her grandmother would tell her these supposedly true stories about witchcraft. and Well, even and Sarah stuff.
0: Jessica Parker in this movie, she says she went back and did some family research and found out that she had a um, like a, a relative who was arrested in the late 1600s. Well, yeah, well, that's someone you know? accused
1: of witchcraft. But uh, in, the, in the time, of, uh, the point of... Um, my point about the three mothers yeah. is that that comes from something that was within that lifetime at that point and supposedly, like, r- actual mystical... Like black magic, witchcraft. Happening I mean, you know, time. it's
0: really it's it's uh you know not to go down this wormhole hole, but it's very interesting this the the idea of, you know, the witchcraft and the paganism and all that. Uh, Wiccan originally, you know, after the fall of Rome and into like you know the dark before the dark ages, for for the the Halloween season and like you know that that was you know to, to all Hallows Eve and all that. All this stuff was like to to pay tribute to 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 the gods and the earth and you know to be happy so a lot of it was uh these little you have these little towns in say europe that people would never leave the town they wouldn't go past the woods so you know they would they didn't know much outside of it and they'd work their asses off and three or four nights a year whenever yeah, it wasn't you, like they you know, could get a bus yeah you know so yeah, <laughs> yeah so I mean, if
1: you were going to travel anywhere you didn't go, it you, was going to take you months yeah, to you going to
0: walk you know and people never did not want to because they didn't want to leave their home they had too much responsibility you're farming you're doing whatever you know you do so you'd only have maybe a couple nights a year when you'd have some sort of solstice or some sort of festival you you drink then you you know you'd celebrate the crop coming in and then you you you, you know you a lot of times it was very promiscuous it was accepted to have multiple you can go hang out with Mr. Johnson's wife or whatever, and it was fine. And then this is what ended up pissing the church off. And then the church coming down and the church coming in, especially the Catholic church or the Christian church and saying, no, this is wrong. And, And then that's why you have then this kind of, uh, the paganism and the Wiccan kind of get pushed and marginalized and turned into something evil well no they 're not just um enjoying in the sanctity of life and celebrating yeah, yeah. uh earth and the bounty they're, they're actually, in league with Satan. Yeah, exactly and then you get the dark spirits and then for some part of it, some of them were you know there's there 's crazy stories of um you know this happening in monasteries and and I read a a, a book. This year for research for something I was writing that it was it's called Satan and all in all his works that I got in Haworth, England, in a like a uh, a, a witchcraft kind of a shop where uh, the Brontë sisters are from there and their mansion is in um, uh, that part of England at Haworth and uh, they talk about in this book it's like you know there was like monasteries Catholic monasteries where the priests were uh were telling the nuns that, you know, to save your soul you're gonna have to have sex with me and have sex with each other and go out. And they were they these people were having orgies, they were killing babies. So it's like even it's so funny that this, you know, there's the hypocrisy of, you know, the say the church is worried about these people doing it or whatever <laughs> but then they're you know they're they cuz it's human nature to a certain yeah. extent so well
1: i mean that's, that's a whole yeah like, we could do a whole series of podcasts based on uh, my thoughts on religion no but. i'm i'm a very
0: religious person uh, my my personally i'm a roman catholic but but uh so um for our purposes here it's 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 funny that you know that kind of um lifestyle and habit and idea was pushed into this, into the extremes and into the shadows and turned into this weird kind of, uh, Oh, you know, they're, they're like you said, they're worshiping the devil and it's all bad. It's evil and witches aren't good. They're, yeah, e- yeah. you know, so here it it now when you, when it comes over to the new world and then and, in and, and Salem in the, in the areas there that it was all, it was like you said, like a witch hunt, you know, where this, you know, they, they were cooking with poppy seeds from a bread and then that something happened there and it gave them kind of. You know, maybe visions or because they sure. was psychedelic. And also, and, there
1: was also a scapegoat in a lot of circumstances, which I think happens in that movie, The Witch, which is, you know, I think happened a lot. It's like our crops aren't coming in; we're cursed. Yeah, let's kill
0: a, you let's know, a this, chicken the and, kid got
1: sick. He must you know, be cursed. Yeah, yeah. Who and, cursed the baby? And they
0: probably thought a lot of that. You know, if if they did this or that other thing, that that, that it would work. You know, so it's 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 very interesting. And uh, it was
1: also a time that was like. People got sick, and instead of, you know, they just didn't know better, so they would like bleed you. And it's oh like, yeah, yeah, like you that's need how George Washington died. Yeah, well that yeah it's that's like, still no, they really actually yeah. need that to fight yeah. the infection. Well, they thought they
0: were bleeding out whatever was the L <laughs> that yeah, was yeah, coming yeah. out in the it's blood. Yeah,
1: misinformation going on. Yeah, back then. you know, and then it's you
0: know we have the Necronomicon in this movie too, the book that's always classic, bound
1: in human flesh.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and so we have a lot of fun. Uh, aspects of this, like uh, in Bette Midler's performance, I saw a lot of shades of, like I said, Margaret Hamilton from from Wicked Witch, uh, uh, Wicked Witch of the West of, of um, Where's the and uh, you know the whole idea of this movie is that, that that they at the beginning of the movie they're 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 found out and they're hung uh, as witches, but they put a curse on the town that a virgin will have to light the the. Which is interesting you know, because I
1: don't think I don't think witches were hung. Back then. Back in the back in real history.
0: It was mean, like, some, like there was like, like, like some trivia or uh, or yeah.
1: drowned. I remember reading some like trivia thing. Yeah. And it was like, How many witches were hung at Salem during the witch trials? And it was like trick question. It was like none. They didn't hang witches. Then. Yeah. Well, I wonder if it was
0: because that they didn't the ones they did kill they were saying they weren't witches. So they were doing the tests. We'll burn you alive. And if you survive, you're a witch. Or if we drown you and you don't drown, you're a witch. But if you drown or you get burned, you're not a witch. Yeah, we're yeah. here. They're like, yeah, we're fucking witches. Go fuck your mother. <laughs> yeah. so, so that's why they're like, just hang up. Let's, let's get them out of here. You know, let's, 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 uh, instead of decapitating them, you know. So they hang yeah. them in this movie. And then, what is that, A and something years later I forget how many years it's later, like 300. 300 years later yeah we have the, that, the, the story of you know he's moving to town yeah. from LA is this now he was was this a part that was originally offered to Leonardo DiCaprio right that's
1: supposedly that's the that's the idea yeah it was a big and they, they Which offered mean a, he would have been like coming off a, this a, boy's in, life maybe in growing pains yeah because <laughs> I, <laughs> I think crit. critters whatever critters movie he's in
0: yeah and then um, and he come and he's probably the same age as, as the kid in this movie or, or around it yeah, probably. You know? And then they were going to offer him a chunk of change, but he said no because he wanted to do what's uh, what, what's eating Gilbert, Gilbert Grape? Grape, you know. So that would have been a very different movie if you had you know him in here and you know. And I'm sure this would be, be even more of a cult classic had you had <laughs> yeah
1: you a know? young Leo heartthrob. in yeah.
0: this movie. And uh, so it's it's you have him and he comes from LA and he's and it's the same. We get into the same again that the idea that we've been talking about that the, that the kids know. You know, then the, the parents don't want to hear anything about it, and this yeah, kid's yeah. a fish out of water. He comes and yeah, it's interesting because he's
1: a fish out of water. But then so the, the, the school witch.
0: teachers, the cameo, what's her face? You know, from she's the actress who's like in Blues Brothers. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's had a very storied career and stuff. Yeah. You know,
1: but the, the kid's a fish out of water because he's moved to L.A. He's moved from L.A. to Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah, and uh, but it's also a fish out of water story for the witches who are kind of out of time. Yeah, they don't understand. And there's a little you know, bit of comedy that comes from that. Of course.
0: There's, you can always get some kind of, you know, that kind of aspect of stuff. And then dealing, you know, they think goblins are, very much like the Garfield special, they think goblins are walking around. They're like, what the hell? What's all this shit here? And then, you know, they're scared. And I know people say that that, that scene drags on with the um, Penny Marshall and her brother Gary Marshall, but I, I found that whole idea so funny they think they're going to see Satan. And then, yeah, you know, it's
1: a funny concept and it's a funny scene, but I have to admit, and I, I don't know why... There's no, like, logical reason for it. But I do find it creepy when they cast brother and sister as husband and wife. I know.
0: I don't know why. Maybe that. <laughs> maybe it was just because they were... I mean, um, don't get me wrong. It's perfect casting yeah. in a weird way. But it's just, yeah, if you read into it a little bit, it's a little <laughs> but odd. But it
1: is weird that Gary Marshall and Penny Marshall, who are brother and sister, are playing husband and wife. And
0: I wonder if they scene. were doing... Like, was Penny Marshall doing Disney films at the time? Or was she hooked up with um, sister actor... I wonder if they had some sort of Disney. I'm sure they did, or, or you know, and yeah. for them to come in, you know, because then a lot of this is shot on the, well, I guess almost the entirety of the movie shot on the Burbank studios where you and I had visited that a couple of years back. Yeah, and uh, even they said like some of the the uh, streets. One of them is the house from um, Christmas Vacation, the Chevy Chase movie the fountain you see later on in the center is the fountain that they used to shoot the friends intro. Yeah. Um, there's another house that they said, uh, is, is something else in another movie. So I wonder if it was just like, they're, you know, they're hanging about and they're like, Oh, you know, you want to have a cameo. And maybe they extend the scene because it's the two of them in it where, you know, it's one of those things where back then people, everybody would recognize who they are. Cause it was almost like the reveal of who's, who's the wife going to be. And it's like, Oh, it's Penny Marshall. So people were laughing cause you know, she had a, career as an actress on um yeah laverne Laverne shirley so So, but i find it just funny that you know the whole maybe that was because nowadays you know tastes are different pacing is different that back then that plays funnier have it a little, like, you know, like, a you get off the bus, uh, no pun intended, and, you know, you're waiting, you know, and then you have a little scene that's just, you know, breather, people are laughing because, oh, look, it's Medusa. You can see the things in her hair, and she goes up to bed, and she's drinking, and then Sarah Jessica Parker's like, will you dance with your Master? And he's dancing with her, you know, it's yeah, all yeah. very... No, and it's then, a funny scene. You know what I mean? But, I mean, I've heard people online who are... Um, who love this movie say well that does drag at that part and that's the part of the movie where you check your phone and you go to the bathroom oh, and, really, that's the
1: you know like my favorite part of yeah yeah you know but that
0: people <laughs> yeah. say that the lovers of this that there's like there's no real point in that you know there are parts in the movie that drag and that's one of them but I was like I I enjoyed I thought that was funny of her you know trying to figure out the remote on the TV and and Bette Miller walking around the kitchen thinking it's like a uh, torture chamber and you know and Sarah Jessica Parker being like the, the, the sexy siren in the movie she's looking to just for any attention from boys in this yeah, you know yeah. no matter what age they are I feel like she'll get with anything you know which is funny <laughs> uh because she's you know yeah, cuz even yeah. like at the when they go to the, the the dance there's also a trailer which we can include in the in the extras of this what's like a 20 or 30 second teaser trailer where there's like three or four scenes that aren't in the movie. It's kind of like Tombstone, the uh, Western that we talk about where there's scenes in the that originally showed up in the trailer that aren't in the theatrical release movie where in this, there's a scene where the the three witches are giving out candy to the kids around. There's a scene where they're by a pool and they're doing something. And then there's a scene where Sarah Jessica Parker is, um uh when they go to the dance, she unravels the mummy. And then you see her later, she's making out with that kid, you know? And yeah, that yeah. kid can't be, you know, Older than seventeen or so, you know. I think in the, in the movie, you know, he's supposed to be like a, you know, like a seventeen or eighteen year old, like a senior in high school. Yeah, I don't know. Cause you
1: that, know? that thing they're at is it's not like, like an a, adult. A, it's yeah. not a high school dance. I no, mean, it's, it's, like it's like an
0: adult a, kind of a party. It's like, a, you know, and then uh, there's even, I think, a scene in that trailer, two of them at a grocery store trying to interact. Like, like they're hungry, so like they're grabbing stuff off the counter and eating stuff. So these are yeah. all stuff that I guess. Left but also, on the I mean, if you floor. go
1: into like the sexual nature of Sarah Jessica Barker's character, the <clears throat> zombie character Billy Butcherson yeah by Doug Jones I mean the backstory of that which the cat explains <laughs> is that he Billy Butcherson was like a lover of Bette Midler's yeah and then when he found her having an affair with Sarah Jessica Parker she didn't get mad at Sarah Jessica Parker for some reason but she poisoned uh Billy Butcherson and sewed his mouth shut so he could never reveal her secrets yeah her death.
0: and it's um I mean that's something I guess
1: that. So I mean I'm saying, yeah. Ska Parker even, she's she's even back then was it, it floozy. Yeah, <laughs> it
0: was d- dipping into the d- into the well anywhere she can. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, like I said, I found her I found her so gorgeous in this movie, and then her like a muck a muck a muck. That was I remember that was the scene when we were little. My friends were like, if you wanna. See Dion, you know, he's watch watching that scene in the trail with the muck.
1: A muck yeah, muck. I've never found her attractive. Yeah. Although I will admit, in this movie, she's like, she should dress like this all the way, like goth. She should be a goth. Yeah, or well, even like in. Because she's certainly not a traditional beauty.
0: Yeah, like in striking distance, I thought she was hot as hell. And then I know she has a whole life of Sex in the City. I'm a guy who's never seen Sex in the City. I know, uh, especially girls, but I know guys who ended up watching it for whatever reason really enjoyed it too. Um, you know, and I know she, you know, she's the star of the show and all that kind of thing. And, you know, people find her great on that show, you know, but uh, I always found her more attractive in this role and of this era as opposed yeah. to she goes on. Was her
1: big thing around this time was she was in that uh, Steve Martin movie where she was supposed to be like a sex pot. Uh, LA Story, maybe? Okay. I can't remember which one, which one, but that was like her big introduction. Not That's the like one I where met.
0: they're playing Cyrano DiBergiac
1: where he's got the big No, movies. no, oh, no, okay. no. There was another movie where, I think it's Ellie story, yeah. but I could be wrong. And I remember from that movie, and then of course it was that, and then she did like uh, Honeymoon in Vegas with Nick Cage. Um, so yeah, this was like her kind of heyday, her biggest uh, film career anyway, before, just before Sex and the City kind of came to fruition.
0: And you know, the, there's a lot of... Uh it's 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 interesting to see all the practical stuff they're doing like the wire work and building sets and having them fly around and you know uh the practicality of the, having them do all that or using the rod puppetry for the for the scenes of them going up into the air and you know you do get like some green screen stuff and stuff where they have them on like a uh they call it like a, a tear rig, which is almost like uh, in television I work with, is like a jib where they have like a counterweight where they're on like a, mm-hmm. you know, a weight on one end in a chair and they're able to, to gimbal them around up and down, side to side, and get, yeah. you know. And that's all very interesting, which is, you know, and then, you know, the guy who is running the fans in this movie or making, you know, are, are, are earning their keep with all these fans blowing <laughs> and all that kind of thing, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. So I love all the, the practical effects of everything in this. Um, and... uh you know, it, it's 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 fun. It has like a lot of the things I think that were interested. Maybe that's the reason why the Disney Walt Disney Studio saw it and said, you know, this is something that certainly kids are gonna like. Uh, but again, it's funny that they bring in a little the the, the provocativeness about the Virgin. It's like it's like uh, Monster Squad where yeah, you need, well, you need a Virgin to light say, the black candle, of, uh... you know, the black flame. I mean, you know. Uh, and then you know, I, uh, you know, and, and there's a lot of little th- jokes in here, like when they lock. When they 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 uh, they get them into the high school and they lock them in the the, the 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 what do you call it the kiln, yeah. yeah. And they 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 roast them and they come back and they had the tape and it was the, the it was Fre- intro to French. So when yeah, they open yeah. the door, you know, she comes out speaking French. Uh, Bette Midler, she's saying like, "Open the door, I want my book," and she's saying it in French. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like a little you know, there's a lot of fun stuff. And then like you know, you and I are blues fans. Screaming Jay Hawkins, I put a spell on you so that scene is funny where they come in and and again, this is the the, the aspect of uh, the kids not, you know, the kids know what's wrong, but the parents won't listen to them. And then, so I guess it's implied in the, uh, by them singing songs to putting a spell on everybody to like, you know, to- to, They're gonna dance until they die. Yeah, or whatever, (laughs) you know, and then that way they're, uh, you know, they're able to do what they want. And then, you know, so I like that little, you know, uh, song interlude. And I guess- Bet Midler ended up doing that. She would, um, she, she, you know, when she was on her tours and stuff. When she did her um, her Divine Intervention tour, she'd appear as uh, Winifred Sanderson on stage, and they would sing "I Put a Spell on You." And she'd have two backup singers dress up as the other two uh, women. So uh, it certainly has a staying power. The movie, in a sense of you know, of longevity and and uh,
1: becoming yeah. a staple
0: for the holiday season.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's the key i mean i think if you want to if you if you want your film to have longevity picking a holiday having it be half decent and picking a holiday seems to be a good like especially if, way it's, if a, it's a child yeah like family you know, oriented yeah like a kid's movie yeah i mean it's because because there's things guaranteed. that become kind of staples you know there's all those like the peanut special and uh you know there's now like christmas vacation for the christmas season and of course uh, christmas story christmas story has become the huge thing and um which is interesting because, I mean, I feel like younger people probably don't realize that, like, that Christmas story becoming, like, a huge Christmas thing, like, playing 24 hours of Christmas story and stuff, that didn't start happening until the late 90s, early 2000s. I mean, I'm sure it was a staple for some people, but in terms of it playing, like, on TV for Christmas. I thought it was only, like, the mid-odds that they started doing it. Well, like. I feel like we were in college, so, like, late at, late oh, okay. 90s, early 2000s, probably. So I saw I'm relatively like a pretty now it's been 20 years. Yeah, Christ. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, a pretty uh current phenomenon. So I could understand this being the uh, kind of the Halloween staple, you know, they have those things where it's like it's not Halloween until I see Charlie Brown. All right. I see hocus pocus. Yeah. I mean, that know? was for me
0: with people my age, or I guess our age, for like the Garfield. It was like that was a, you know, that was a a a, 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 stamp, a, a time stamp on a, on a generation. And then this one was this. This was around the same time like Ernest Scared Stupid came out. And that was very much another very, I mean, people will dismiss it because it's an Ernest P. Worrell movie, but that's kind of got some freaky shit going on in that movie, <laughs> you know? And that's also Disney, too. That was the, the, the four packet, the four picture deal they had with Disney. Well, that was one of the movies and it and they have scary stuff and again it for like them talking about like you know uh, child eating satan worshiping witches uh it's 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 disney you know getting into those darker waters another good uh, witches movie from the 80s um the Angelica Houston movie called the witches yeah yeah that's another really fun one that is a semi kids movie but then it's again dealing with these really scary kind of um crazy topics and this does Lend itself to an entire generation because of the ritual of, I guess, yeah, you're watching it every year, and you're, uh, you know, you're, you, you you develop an affinity because of that, and and, uh, and it certainly has a lot of things that are identifiable, like a labyrinth will or a uh, a princess bride will for people. It's almost like a, as, as we said at the beginning of the cast, that it, it's a tale as old as time. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, you know. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you have the obviously you have. <sighs> the fish out of water trope yep. which is always entertaining um you have you're playing on the kind of stereotype of witches which like we it come goes back to uh either you know early cartoons or whatever but also fairy tales like this idea of like you said a Hansel Gretel type thing this idea of like obsessed with like eternal youth and beauty is something that we hear from uh, the old fairy tales and then of course brought to like the Disney movies of you know Sleeping Beauty and, and Snow White and stuff like that so it's playing on it's actually playing on a lot of established Disney lore Yeah, which is another reason why I think it was kind of appealing probably to Disney at the time who exact. wasn't really producing movies that did that anymore you had the 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 new era of Disney animation of that time, and you have, and you had, you know, villains. uh And in like Little Mermaid, you had like a form of that kind of witch villain. But for the most part, the 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 Disney witches was kind of yeah, was Cinderella. Yeah, so it was like it was a yeah. bygone era. Kind yeah.
0: of. You get the witch in what is that? Sword in the Stone in the in eighty or eighty one
1: yeah uh, but even then was when Disney's kind of animation stuff was falling off yeah and it wasn't a print; it witch. wasn't revived it was, it was so a it's, a, 90s. it's a, like a like a
0: you know a heavier witch with you know warts on her face that kind of a thing you know I mean Disney in the '80s. Yeah, they were going towards live action, and that's why they were, they were kicking everybody out of the animation building because they were going to dissolve the animation, go work towards the TV Sunday night movie kind of animation. Yeah, aspect.
1: well, they also like their animations weren't making money. They yeah. were actually getting beat by other studios doing animation at the time. I mean, you had like Secret of Nim, Care Bears the movie. Maybe they were making yeah, more money, and they're yeah, like, that, "This that is Sherlock." Oh, uh, well, Mouse, Ma- Ma- that, Great that Mouse Detective. No, that will that might have been Disney. Forget that is yeah. But that's that might Disney. have been, but like that was losing to these other things. Like, I think
0: Oliver and Company lost to maybe like Secret
1: or Tail. Well, I don't think that was that wasn't. Disney. No, that's that's
0: animal. That's the yeah. Steven Spielberg. Yeah, yeah, that's making more money. It's like other stuff.
1: people for the first time since the '30s or whatever, yeah, the competition was. They didn't <laughs> you know, have a lock like, on the market. Yeah, like Disney wasn't the monopoly on. Uh, um, and even the beginning Popular. of
0: this, you have a very much uh, like they wanted James Horner to come in and do the the, the, the score, and then he, he wasn't available. But then he comes in and just does the, I think it's the opening theme, and it's very Danny Elfman esque. Well, I think he you wrote know?
1: the music for the Sarah Jessica Parker song. Oh, that's she's that, that's yeah the, the Cyrus sure, song. I'm, she not sings. Sure, I'm not sure Horner did the theme I because know the music was done by a, a composer named uh, John Debney. Yeah, who for Dion. Uh, scored the 1993 Johnny's Golden Quest series. Okay, and then uh, for other sleepover people, he went on to did another movie that comes up a lot for some reason, The Relic. he okay. scored that movie. Yeah, uh, he scored. I don't know what you did last summer. Predators. Yeah, the last Predator movie.
0: And he released a bootleg of this uh, promotional score of this on the internet, and it and it. Uh people bootlegged the crap out of it. And now that's like, uh, but yeah, fight. it's very Elfman-esque,
1: but it's also coming off of Batman. And, Batman Returns. and even I
0: think, um, the year before is, uh, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. And that's very Elfman. People were loving that at the time. And this can almost be a Danny Elfman um, or Tim Burton movie. True. You know, if you got Tim Burton and Danny Elfman doing this, you know, you can, I can very see them go a tick to the right and have it be all, you know, Edward Scissorhandsy and, uh, you know, Batman returns he, you know, before I don't know what else is he what was it? Mars Attacks Taxes index? I feel like there's another movie. Yeah, well of that even
1: era. the even to a certain extent the um the Billy Butcherson character, the zombie character, is kind of like a Burton esque visual-wise. like Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Like yeah, Edward Depp, Scissorhands. You could have had Johnny Depp playing that role. You know. Yeah. Uh
0: which it would have been very interesting to have you know, we're we're making our own uh, what ifs, not even real what ifs. <laughs> We're doing our, our own kind of, uh, you know, what ifs of the time. And,
1: I mean, and sp- originally, because Garris and uh, Kushner had worked with Spielberg, they pitched it to Spielberg. And apparently Spielberg was kind of interested in it for like a hot second yeah. and then kind of abandoned it. And that's when it became a Disney property. Oh, you're right. Yeah,
0: yeah, you're right. Horner did do the uh, Come Little Children song, which is a very f- fun song. I like the idea of... Um, them having a siren to sing this, you know. Usually, you typically the sirens are the the ones that sing like yeah, guys yeah. into like cliffs, of peril. Well, if you or
1: browse online, like through YouTube, and just like just to understand like the fandom of this movie, if you're like myself, who knew it was big but didn't really understand how big it was until we sat down to watch it and discuss it. Um, there's, like, people on YouTube that have all these theories about stuff, and they're piecing all the little bits together as to, like, how the witches became witches, and they t- they're they really analyzing the film. And Has there been any fan fiction? And putting... I don't... Probably. I don't know. But, you know, the, the idea is that, uh, apparently, if you really follow the story, you can f- piece together these pieces that's like to be young and beautiful forever or whatever, Bette Miller sold her soul to the devil. And then she had to sell her sister's souls to the devil. And in return, you know, Bette Miller got to the ability to like do the conjuring and the one sister got the the ability to smell children. And Sarah so sparker's character got the ability to like be the siren for children, <laughs> you know, like yeah. the uh, Pied Piper type thing. And, uh, there's see, I all find this, all that all these theories going I on. I find about, all
0: that so interesting. I mean, you look at the character breakdown. You have like we said, the fish out of water kid Max, who's coming over here. He's not happy, but his sister is like the child. You see again, almost going back to the Garfield special, where they're like, "I'm a kid. I make no bones about being a kid. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna enjoy the holiday. Uh, I, you know." Uh, Halloween's my thing. I'm gonna go out, dress up. I'm gonna get candy, 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 candy. You know, it's all. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then you have the other. You have the 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 romantic girl in it. You know, who's who's she's the hot girl in class, and she can very easily go with the jocks. But she's now there's that relationship which is right up your fucking alley. Of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> of you know of of the you know w- will the hot girl go with the yeah, new yeah. kid and the the the, the kind of like a like a the smart kid but he's not the jock yeah the jock the jock uh but then he's getting bullied by these yeah. hilarious bullies you know
1: it's also such because you take that the Allison character that that teenage girl that you're talking about and she's someone who's grown up in this town with the lore of the town, but she's kind of embraced it instead yeah. well, of like, the whole town has. Yeah, but and that's you know, why they're looking at him like with three eyes, like he's got three eyes, and he's like, "This is get, stupid." You know, but you could easily have to tell a story about teens being rebellious and stuff. But it kind of reminded me of um, recently. I took a trip to California, and I went to on a pilgrimage, not specifically go to California for this, but since I was in California and had time, I did the pilgrimage of seeking out. Uh, as many John Carpenter shooting locations as I could, and I started with South Pasadena to go look for the uh haunted uh, the Myers house, yeah, and like the Halloween movie filming locations, the exteriors and they've since moved since the movie was made they've moved the myers house it's not where it was, apparently it was like a block away or something, and I don't know how they move houses. <laughs> <laughs> they they picked up the house and they moved it onto this weird corner near a, right in front of train tracks. And, uh, I think it's like a real estate office now or something, but it's say it's facing, you know, it's facing the train tracks. But then if you go down the street, there's a house directly behind it, which is, is like this little house directly behind the Myers house. And that's facing, I don't know. Myers' house is facing, let's just say, for instance, south. The other house is right behind it, but it's facing west. I'm not sure that those are the directions. But just so you get the, the idea that it's like almost, you know, L. It's creating like an L. And this little house, and they've decided to like embrace the idea of the Halloween movie John Carpenter thing. Much like Allison's family here has like... The old timey costume party, and her mom used to apparently work at the museum. They made the museum oh, the, out of yeah, the, the cottage out of, in the back, out of, out of the, the witch's house and stuff. So, these girls and her, their family created like a little Halloween museum, yeah, out of their house. So, like the first floor of their house, um, or at least the front rooms of their house, is like you go in and there's Halloween art. You know, there's the photographer that was on set, they're selling the pictures photographs that she shot. They have local artists and other artists do Halloween-themed art. And so it's an instance of, like, embracing, like, the the vocational lore of, in this case, it's the movie Halloween. But then the odd thing is that because they're, like, girls in their 20s, I would imagine, the other thing they have, the only other thing that's, like, not... I guess they have a couple of other things that are just horror movie-related. But they have a room that's full of storyboards. From Hocus Pocus. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're if you're a fan of Hocus Pocus, uh, and you want to go see some of the original storyboards and maybe even buy some, I think some of them that might be on sale, go find the Myers House in South Pasadena, and then there's like the Halloween Michael Myers Museum right behind it. And they have a nice display of Hocus Pocus storyboards. Yeah. Um, but it just kind of reminded me of, you know, in a different way, but like, Young women embracing, <laughs> like, the locational lore of where they live and grew up Yeah, this kind of thing. This seems like the town, I guess, they don't, to me,
0: it doesn't seem like it's a myth to them. They feel like it has happened, but they don't think there's any um, kind of danger to it. Yeah. It's almost like you see with, you have, like, the Lizzie Borden house, or you have, there's a uh, horrible axe killing um, in 19... 19- in the 19 odds... Well, I mean,
1: if you just go to Salem, Massachusetts, it's, like, all about yeah. the witchcraft, witch But, you know, witch, when you take trials you
0: take an actual... Like, they took the cottage... In the movie, they take the cottage of where the witches were their house, and they've turned it into a museum. Sure, yeah. You take a lot of the people who turn, you know... There was there was an axe murderer, I think, Iowa, in the odds where this whole family was killed by this one guy in the middle of the night. And they now that's a and b where you can go stay and you can well yeah i mean they have a there's a lot of
1: circumstances in history like you know you can go stay that the town will yeah turn to to have it be like a tourist attraction or the other flip side is that like you know uh h.h holmes's like murder castle yeah burned it down they burned it down because because they didn't want it to become that yeah or ed gaine's house shortly after they they arrested ed Gaines, who is the guy that like Leatherface and Psychos, loosely based off of, yeah. <laughs> like burned. His, somebody burned his house down in the middle of the night. So yeah. you get like either capitalize on it, maybe because they were so recent.
0: I don't know if I don't know if their their initial reactions are they're worried that it's going to become an iconic. They may just be so pissed off about what's happened that they're trying. I think to, they know,
1: say at least with the Murder Castle, H.H. You know, H. 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 They, yeah, that yeah. they really were afraid that this was going to be like, like a weird celebrated, yeah. A lot like, of that, like you get that impulse to stuff, find it. you know,
0: where in, their first impulse is to go trash it or destroy it because they don't, they're so mad at the idea of what, you know, was happening by the person or whatever yeah, yeah. Uh But you're right. So they're capitalized. The family's capitalizing off of this. But then I don't think they see any intrinsic. um Danger. Yeah. Because they have the black candle out. It's not, <laughs> yeah. you know I mean? The, I mean, the yeah, Necronomicon yeah. is hidden away. But they don't have the black candle hidden. You know, do not touch. No virgins come fucking near this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Do not light. Like. Yeah, and I like the idea that it's not a. Youth, um, I don't know for for whatever reason I have. I, you think of a virgin for some reason. I think of a female. But yeah. it's it's a it's it's just as easy as a guy doing it. You know, and that goes back to like um. Uh, Monster Squad, where, like, you know, at the end of the movie, they're trying to have a virgin read the book, and the girl ain't a virgin, so she can't, so they got to give it to, like, the eight-year-old. Yeah, but technically any
1: of those, like you're saying, any of those boys were virgins. Yeah, yeah, so... They all could have read it, but, I mean, maybe, I don't remember... Maybe it was a specific specific wording, you know, or something, or a girl (laughs) or something. Monster Squad. Or
0: maybe it had to be a female or something, but it's, so it's fun that you have that kind of a thing, and then, you know, you have them all, and then... Once you, you get them out, like you said, it's it's a fish out of the water for the witches, and then it becomes this fun thing where they're trying to, you know, the the awkwardness at the time, the bus coming, and then, you know, this hat, and then trying to the the clock of they have to do the finish the ceremony by sunup, or they're going to turn into dust. So there is sort of a clock, and I do I always like that they have these inherent when something becomes a uh, a phenomenon post movie. Uh, that's always interesting. You have like the. um in 2011, the Houston Symphony celebrated uh, this, and th- they did a Hocus Pocus Pops. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have, like I said, the Bette Midler thing in 2013, D3- D23, which is like the Disney... Do you know what the D23 stands for? I, I should know this, but that is the people who are the uh, Disney diehard Disneys, who well, I'm not, but those Oh, are the, yeah, yeah. You know, you're part of this exclusive club called D23, and you go to exclusive events, you have probably certain passes to go into the to the to the, to the parks, and you have all these other things. Um, they held in 2013, they held a, scr- a special screening of Hocus Pocus at the Burbank Studios, uh, the Walt Disney Studios, for the 20th anniversary of the film, and you had a half a dozen of the cast members show up to, for the screening, and that was a huge yeah, lauded yeah. event like that. And um, in, in September of 2016, which is just a year ago passing, there was a... Um, A guy named Aaron Wallace, he published a book called Hocus Pocus in Focus, the thinking fan's guide to Disney's Halloween, to the Disney's Halloween classic. So it probably has a lot of, like you said, uh, a lot of the speculation in it. The um, forward is done by Thor Birch and the afterward is done by Mick uh, Garris. And it has uh, it's a scholarly look at the film and all. It yeah, brings in the feminism, virginity, you can, you horror, can, nostalgia, the festivity.
1: You can look on Amazon and you know they have like a, take a look. You know you like a little. You can like look at the a couple of pages and the stuff. It seems like it's pretty interesting because like the you know the first chapter is like uh hocus pocus, like uh like a, the Halloween Home Alone. Yeah, and, you know and it talks about. You know, like it rising to being popular, although Home Alone was a big hit in theaters. But the idea of it becoming a a yearly tradition and then um, just the, the chapter headings are kind of funny and you can kind of see where they're going with it.
0: Yeah. So that's certainly uh, something that I'm sure fans would love of that, you know, uh, to get. And
1: then. And it wasn't by Disney. It's like an official...
0: Yeah, it was a guy who just was, you know, this guy, Aaron Wallace, was just a fan of the movie, and then he did one of these, just a whole book of speculation, and then just talking about the themes and all, so he's really psychoanalyzing the movie and all the the themes and tropes and allegories in it. And then for years, they've always talked about sequels or remakes of this darn thing, 2014, they said that they were going to do, some Disney was developing some sort of movie with Tina Fey attached. Uh, that would be like a hocus-pocus kind of a thing. And then and Bette Midler said that she would be up for returning for a sequel. So did Sarah Jessica Parker and uh, the other girl. And then in 2015, Midler said, you know, although we're all into it, we don't think there's going to be a sequel. 2016, Doug Jones says Disney is considering a sequel. Uh, and then in October 2016, Sarah Jessica Parker was asked by Andy Cohen about it. And she said... uh uh, you know, I would love to we would all love to do that we've been very vocal for years we'd love to do it and then in uh, the book we just said the Hocus Pocus and Focus uh, they said that you know the biggest challenge which we brought up on the Who Framed Roger Rabbit podcast which is probably I was thinking we did Disney that was a Disney related podcast is that the problem with them green lighting a sequel to Who Framed Roger Rabbit now is that Disney is currently only relate, only interested in doing movies that are tent poles. yeah you know they want to only do franchises like Star Wars or freaking uh Avengers, Avenger, you know, all the all the Marvel or whatever. They're not interested in these. So the biggest problem of getting this off the ground is that it, even though it is a remake or a reboot, they don't care because they want to do franchises, which kind of sucks. Because I figure you if you get a good sequel out of this and bring everybody back. I'm sure you can you can do have a Netflix series, you can have you know, you can do whatever the yeah, hell you yeah. want with it. You can do a cartoon, a Disney show, car, cartoon. So um and then in September, uh, last month, 2017, Mick Garris admitted that he's working on a script for Hocus Pocus 2, and it'll be a TV film that'll be done for the Disney Channel, uh, free form on ABC, much like they did like with Dirty Dancing earlier this year. You know, They did yeah. a TV version of it, so maybe you will have a a reincarnation of it either being a reboot or a sequel that'll just be for people uh, to be on the Disney Channel, and then uh, you know, this this was nominated for a bunch of stuff, and it won a Saturn Award for Best Costuming, and best young actress in a leading role through a birch one. So nominated for a bunch of stuff. So it's fun. And it certainly has a, 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 a plethora of, of supporters. And I have fond memories of this film. I've always liked watching it growing up. I hadn't seen it in so many years. And, um, for me, what I enjoyed about it still holds.
1: <laughs> you mean Sarah,
0: Zucker- yeah, Sarah Jessica bust. Parker? Yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, her whole thing. As well as I like. I enjoyed Bette Midler in it, too. I thought she was, I've always liked know, Bette Midler, Yeah, even when I was a kid. Yeah, I've, I've liked her singing career. I was, uh, early on, my mother used to listen to her records. I got a whole bunch of Bette Midler records, you know. Uh, and I've liked her acting as well. And uh, this was another one of these movies where it was like, I enjoyed it for, you know, the whole, you know. It's fun for me,
1: and I don't know if it's true because you know you can't trust everything you read on the internet. But supposedly she has said that this is like one, her favorite movie that she's done or yeah. up until that them. time, yeah. Uh, and then she
0: she credits the uh, Oliver and Company being her second. The voice work she did on that Disney movie, you know, as so a little a good, uh,
1: uh, just a trivia thing that the uh, towards the end of the movie when um, Doug Jones cuts his mouth open because yeah. it's so oh, shut yeah. that the Moths that fly out of his mouth are real moths because this is pre CGI and that kind of thing. I mean, not pre CGI, but the time the the idea to use it to that for that. They kind didn't of think of that. So he actually had m- moths in his mouth, and he had this cut his mouth open and do multiple takes of having live moths fly out of his mouth.
0: Yeah, that's it,
1: that's exciting to think that because it's funny because it's a
0: long. <laughs> it's like a good. Th- 20 seconds, they must have been in there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So they had to put, like, a dental dam in his mouth because you can't get them wet.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the mouth is nothing but, like, a moist... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and then you don't want them going down your throat. Yeah, so it was you like know? this
1: thing in his mouth so that they they wouldn't fly down his throat, but also to keep them dry. It was like a whole rigmarole. Yeah, and uh, then, somebody would, like, tweezers would place them in his mouth before. And
0: then uh, he had to shut his mouth, and they had to, like, you know... I mean, you th- think how long they stitches. were. Yeah, so th- they must have been in his mouth for at least a couple minutes until they're ready to go. So, and then how many takes you're doing, that's, you know, that's interesting. And then it's fun that he's not... Uh, you know, he's there to help them out at the end. There's the twist. He's not just the Renfield where he's going after right from the start you know he's got his reservations the audience may think that he's going to be a a hero but then or a a villain but then very soon he's there to help as with the cat we didn't bring the cat up either that's fun that's very much like um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch a couple (laughs) of years later you know you have the cat going with uh, what's her face and uh Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah, and that's fun too, you know. And they said that they, the original CGI was much more realistic, but it, they, the Disney thought it was too scary. The fangs are too big and stuff, so they told them to shrink the fangs down and make it not as scary. So that's why it maybe it doesn't look as. Yeah. You know, if it, the CGI doesn't really hold up, per se, on the cat bits. But uh, I found that very freaky, too, when the bus ran over the cat. it's And then it, all of a sudden, it's like Pet cemetery, It comes yeah. back to life, <laughs> yeah, you, know? Yeah. And then I, you know. And then I got sad at the end when the poor cat died. And then there's a sequence of like, oh, you've saved, even though the cat's dead, you've saved the, you know, the uh, he's now a ghost. And then I guess the, they had a kid, whoever was voicing the cat, they had to have him dub the actor to keep consistency because that wasn't the actor's voice. Huh you know, so that, you know, so at the end he's a little dubbed, you know, so yeah, it, it was fun. It was, it was, it was, it was a stroll down memory lane for me. It was your first experience. Um, I
1: was the virgin in this. You I'm were the sure virgin in this. And I hope it wasn't was
0: as, it as uncomfortable <laughs> anything as it was for me. Uh, your, your, your money's on the dresser drawer. You know, get the hell out of here. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I found this very fun, um, for a lot of reasons, Brought me back to my youth, uh. But this is fun and yeah, it, it, it's it's a it's a favorite among
1: the ladies and uh, you know and now wives, now wives, wives I think thinking that's still probably little girls too. All I'm sure they're showing up. Ladies the of all ages, I'm yeah, sure. yeah,
0: are asking what's a virgin, what's <laughs> what's what's uh, wanting children and all the other stuff. So yeah, it's very exciting. They're like girls,
1: boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. (laughs) Girls just want to have
0: fun. Uh, So uh, we hope you liked our whole Halloween horror month. Yeah, I feel like
1: this one went by fast. It did. It did. I don't know. It's almost like four movies and an extra. Are just not enough for me. It's 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 a one of these days we're gonna do thirty one. (laughs) Days. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be like, we're gonna
0: be like, what f- do you call that?
1: Don't turn them out one, one a day.
0: Yeah, we're gonna be like, uh, like AMC Thirty One Months of Horror, or whatever you call those 31 things. Months. Yeah, Thirty One <laughs> Months of Horror. Uh, yeah, it did go by quick this year, and this was our Halloween centric movie, and uh, we'll be back next year with the same lineup. Well, but not the same lineup, but a different. We'll one. also be back in two weeks. We'll be back in two weeks with another movie, and that's kicking in November. Be a little surprise, Um, Surprise, so it's
1: fun. Surprise to everybody, yeah. Surprise, including
0: us, (laughs) yeah, because we we, we're still thinking of what we're gonna do yet. Um, But yeah, we we hope you have fun next week when this drops. There's Halloween still coming up, so make sure you're safe. safe. You know, watch out for razors and apples and all that other scary stuff. I don't even think kids trick or treating anymore, so if you just have a play date. (laughs) To they go, go to, to their the neighbor's house. Yeah, they walk over to the neighbor's house, knock on the door. Or... Certainly
1: end before sundown, I'm sure. Yeah,
0: no, no one's out after dark now. Much like Garfield's Halloween weather until midnight, they're out. Like, you know, no one's caring. Where the hell, where the hell are the kids? You know, <laughs> the old days of when we grew up. So uh, we'll see you in two weeks. And, uh, you know, check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter. Check us out on our regular site. Check us out. Uh, leave us a review, leave us a message, yes. retweet us.
1: Rate and review on iTunes. Uh Call us on Twitter. If you could, please.
0: And uh, let people know. And uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or requests, uh, hit us up. Uh, tell us what you're liking, what you're not liking. Um, and uh, we aim to please. <laughs> so, uh, we'll see you in two weeks. Later.
1: Trick or treat safety cups. They're shiny aluminum foil with bright orange stripes so they reflect light.
0: Me! Where'd you get them?
1: Right at McDonald's. This Halloween, be sure you're all wearing McDonald's Trick or Treat safety cups. Children should be seen and not hurt.